0: So welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 130 of Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham, here with this week's co-host, Fiona Thomas, or Fee Thomas. What do you like to be called?
1: I call my, you know, my my pen name is Fiona Thomas, but I always (laughs) sign off
0: as Fee, and all my friends and family call me Fee. Okay, so would that be for me how I'm like Alice Benham, but then I'd sign an email as AB? But would Maybe. you say, hi, I'm AB? No, I wouldn't, because that sounds very strange. <laughs> okay, I'm not making that comparison. So Fiona or Fi, either is allowed. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm just the king of calling people nicknames without their permission. I like to make everyone one syllable. So like I call Emily M, I call, you know, basically like Polly, I call her Pole. you, I'd call you Fee, and I do it and then realize I haven't checked with them that they're actually okay with that shortening. No,
1: when someone calls me Fee to my face, it makes me love them like a hundred percent more
0: okay great it's almost like a test for you of like okay you're you're a real one you know you call me i think so yeah
1: yeah when people call me because i don't ask people to call me fee but when they do i'm just like oh you you get me nice you
0: get me (laughs) i love that well how are things going we're both in the middle of pretty full-on times in our businesses
1: yeah how you um, doing yeah so uh, point of recording out of office comes out next week which is my Mm -hmm. second book and yeah just it's very different to the the first book with the amount of PR opportunities that are coming in which is amazing I was on BBC Radio 4 last week which was like so 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 stressful because i was just so worried that i was going to swear or mess up or embarrass myself (laughs) or like forget to mention the book or something like really big so there's lots of stuff like that coming through which is really exciting it's almost that thing of like oh careful what you wish for because i've got all these great things coming through and now i have to follow through on them so um hopefully it'll all be worth it when the book comes out and i finished writing this book in january so it feels like it's been a long time coming and the the publication date was delayed so I'm like ready yeah. for it to be out in the world
0: yeah because I was thinking back to when we did a zoom recording about the book to put some quotes in it and I was thinking like yeah it was a couple of months ago and I think I found the initial email, and it was like last year and yeah I was it was thought, probably this time it. last year yeah That's mad and this is actually our second recording of this episode because we recorded this pre-Covid and I listened to it back and when you said about delaying the launch I was like let's give people a fresh ep because like anything pre-Covid just doesn't doesn't quite resonate does it? it, It Yeah because it was
1: pre-Covid but I think we were just about to hear the rules that night or the night after so we actually hugged so just reminisce (laughs) on that uh,
0: the old days when you could touch people (laughs) although I'm not sad about the rules I quite like that you just know that you don't have to have that weird like are we gonna hug are we gonna not social interaction is easier that's true give us a little high low of of book launch I'm curious
1: okay so the high I would say was being featured in Forbes as you Uh, do yeah I know cash how did that come about um, so the so the publisher have got uh, a PR team that outsource all the PR so um, they've done an amazing job and they really really get my story um, in relation to the book which is that I turned to freelancing to kind of help my mental health um, and there's a big chunk of the book that's all about mental health for freelancers and um, so they really got the book and really got my story so they've really done an amazing job at pitching um to all these great publications so Forbes were writing a feature about uh, the feast and famine cycle that we have as freelancers or small business owners and so I was quoted in that and my face is in it as well and there's a link to the book and stuff so so that was like a really big wow moment
0: yeah did you celebrate that because I can imagine with almost so many wins coming at once probably a little bit overwhelming like okay if we could spread these out that'd be ideal
1: yeah I didn't I didn't celebrate celebration to me is just like learning to celebrate yourself like kind of publicly so I'm I'm like people are probably sick of it now but whenever I get a bit of PR I'm all over social media just shouting about it because when you're your own boss like nobody else is going to celebrate you so Mm -hmm. I'm like I am my biggest cheerleader (laughs) so I just shouted about it online and got lots of praise from people which is what I like I like validation
0: (laughs) no don't we all and it's kind of you know it's similar to popping your head up in the office and going hey guys this great thing just happened but we do it on Instagram instead of in a physical space exactly
1: I love that what would be the the other side of it the low I would say is just the the physical and mental toll that this month has taken on me really Mm. I've had some back pain so I've I've started with um an osteopath I've also for the first time ever started with a therapist so it's like really good that obviously I'm you know kind of facing up to the physical and mental issues that I've got on at the moment Mm. But it's actually, and and everybody says this therapy is just exhausting. Just kind of dealing with the the fallout of facing up to <laughs> all, all sure. the all the things that I've been kind of not really dealing with over the last few months. So yeah, I'm mm. ju- I'm just tired, but but I'm really excited as well.
0: Yeah, I think about that moment where you get to October first, and you will think, did it, made it. Yeah, it's out.
1: It's, it's weird though, because the fir- when my first book came out, I remember on publication day being really like. Ah, oh, hmm, like the, this is a bit of an anticlimax because people don't read it on the day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people share it and stuff, but then you're a bit like, so now what? Like, how can I be validated? Someone tell me it's good. <laughs>
0: this way, it's like on launch day, I'm like waiting for the emails to come through. Like, yeah. please, someone someone give me some positive things. Yeah,
1: so I'm trying <laughs> to think of it on publication day, like what I can do to like mark the occasion. Obviously, mm. options are limited at the moment. That's true. So, um, at the moment, I've only got afternoon bath.
0: <laughs> I love that. Just switch off, put the phone away.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm the same with launch days. Just have to get very intentional about what that looks like because the very first few launches I did, I wasn't because you just don't know until you do it, do you? And it was the hardest, weirdest days because you would go live, sat on your own in your office. And then you would see some notifications come through and then you'd want to be glued to your emails and your Squarespace account all day. You don't really know what to do with yourself. Mm-hmm. So now I'm very intentional of like, OK, I'll put some meetings in. I'm going to have friends over in the evening so I don't just sit in a puddle of, you know, whether it's gone well or not. Just sitting with those feelings. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, a t- something don't- people don't prepare you for, is it? Like the yeah. winds when they're virtual can be quite odd
1: Yeah the good thing is we're having a virtual book launch on the first in the evening so that's at six o'clock and Sarah Tasker from me and Orla she's hosting it so and I love talking to her just in general so that that'll feel good that'll feel like talking to a friend.
0: Yeah that's that's one thing thing to do. I fully resonate with you're kind of high low there, where it's almost the same situation, but it just has its pros and cons. Cause I'm middle of launch week and I think similar to you know, anytime you're really leveling up and you're stepping up, all of the mindset stuff immediately comes into play. It I don't know why it still surprises me, like four and a half years in, that oh, just because you have these levels of success or things look shiny, I think I always expect that suddenly those feelings and you know the fears and the Mm. you know the fear of success and the fear of what if it goes wrong and the self-sabotage I think I always expect that's going to go away and then every time I'm launching I'm like nope here it is again so that's definitely been if it did go away
1: it's almost like well you'd be like a crazy Mm -hmm. narcissist (laughs) (laughs)
0: like too confident like okay you now need to worry because you actually
1: (laughs) yeah I I always remember uh, my friend Kirsty she's a public speaker like renowned public speaker and she said that she started getting bad feedback on her talks when she stopped like caring as much when she got too confident too cocky and the audience were saying like it seems like she doesn't really care so that was when she was like oh like I need to like check myself kind of thing
0: yeah Um, and that's
1: always that's always kind of like stayed with me
0: Yeah, that's a really good point because, yeah, if there weren't all those feelings there, it would mean that I didn't actually care about it going well. Whereas I feel all these things because I'm so desperate for it to go well because I really believe in what's launching and all of that good stuff. And then the other side of it is it just feels like August off has completely propelled the business to a, a new place in September. Emily and I are a bit like, okay. Why is everything going so well? When's something going to go wrong? Which is ridiculous, isn't it? Do you
1: feel like you've given people like a break from you and now they're like desperate to work with you again?
0: Yeah, maybe that's part of it. I do think it's good to be missed. And I think just a lot of things seem to be happening at once. Mm. So there's this big free challenge going on, which has been huge. Vix and I launched the Reels thing, which has blown up way bigger than we thought it would. And I think just all of that mixed together means there's a lot of like wins going on which Mm. I my tone of voice makes it sound like I'm complaining about that I'm absolutely not you know so proud but it's such a double-edged sword of I kind of don't it's like oh I don't want to celebrate it too much because what what happens in October like if this is how great this month is going you know what happens next but
1: I think that's the thing that I'm realizing is that success is actually really scary Mm. because you wish for it and you plan for it And when you get it, it comes with so many mixed emotions yeah, and a lot of pressure to then be the best you can possibly be.
0: Yeah. And sustain that success. Mm. I think for me, that's what it, the, the fear of success looks like, oh my gosh, I thought, you know, nothing would be the fear of failure. But then once you've got it and you're even more in love with what you've, built than you ever thought you would be then suddenly that fear of failure turns into fear of losing this thing that you now love so much mm-hmm. and it's it's trying to not let that get to your head because i know that my business is at its best when i just let things flow and happen naturally and trying not to be this control freak who's like oh my gosh what if it all fails tomorrow but just be like alice trust what you've built mm. You're gonna be all right but it, it's such a double sided thing isn't it wins Wins come with their challenges. Mm -hmm. They're still wins, but no one tells you that. This is why
1: (laughs) we need coaches.
0: (laughs) Uh-huh. I put up a reel this morning, which was like me reaching all of my goals. And then it was like my self-doubt, just being like, just watching. And all of the comments Mm -hmm. in it are like, this is why we need coaches in our lives. Like just to to be that positive voice. Because when it's you on your own, you kind of have to coach yourself, don't you? Like you Mm -hmm. have this negative thought or this fear. And then you're like, okay, let's walk myself through it. It's always helpful when that's someone else instead of you. Should we get into conversation starter for today? So let's have a chat about what nobody tells you about starting out and working for yourself. I feel like this conversation could go in about 129 different directions because, (laughs) I mean, we could probably sit here all day and talk Mm. about all of the things that are unexpected. I mean, we've just talked about some of them, but your book is a real like, handbook I would say to working for yourself when I was flicking through it and had a read of it before it came out I was just found myself being like flipping egg. like if I had this at the start there would have been so many mistakes so much figuring out that I could have saved myself from doing just by having this understanding at the very beginning so I want to give people a little bit of that in this episode and maybe touch on a few of those topics What would you say for you if someone were to be like, you know, that horrible question, V, what's the one thing you wish you knew at the start? If you could go back and tell her anything, what do you think that would be?
1: First of all, that's really good to hear. Thank you for your positive (laughs) feedback. I always worry when
0: I was doing the post yesterday, promoting the book that I'm gonna get it wrong. And then I was like, no, no, it's fine. Like just say what you think of it. But I was so I kept like reading all the quotes in the back of it, like just checking I'm actually saying what the book is meant to be saying and I'm not just butchering it.
1: Listen, I've forgotten probably about 30% of what I actually wrote in the book, so it's fine. <laughs> I still refer to that book like like almost that. every day. Um, to just check. Yeah, I did say that thing, that's fine. Yeah, I would say that the one thing that I harp on about the most. Um, in my webinars and in my, my training that I do with people or even when I'm having conversations with people that are just thinking about starting or they the started and they're they're a bit nervous is uh, make sure you've got multiple income streams because when I started uh, freelancing I had a lot of work coming to me from the metro so I was working working I was writing freelance posts for their a lot of, a lot of it was for the mental health. Section of the website, so I was I was writing a lot and I was getting a lot of money from them, and then I had another client that I did kind of social media stuff for, which I don't really do anymore. But I had those two clients um, in the metro, but I was getting the most money from them, and and basically there was kind of this happens a lot in journalism. The editor moved on and the editor was replaced, and they re jigged the way that the platform was working and they weren't really looking for the type of stories that I was pitching so almost overnight I kind of lost like 90% of my income
0: Mm.
1: and that gave me a big fright and that pushed me into pitching to lots and lots of other publications which was great because I ended up getting some really good bylines I got published in some amazing places like Grazia and Reader's Digest places that I wouldn't have thought to pitch before but yeah that gave me a big fright and that was when I thought right I need to I need to be in control of some of my income. I can't just be waiting on clients or publications saying yes or saying no. I need to start launching stuff that's mine. And that's when I started with the mental health zines, which was like little printed magazines that I did and sold on Etsy. And they were really good. That was the first product that I ever sold to my audience. And they went down really well. And after that, I started doing events. And that was when I started then thinking about, oh, like maybe I could teach writing. Maybe I could work with small businesses. So it really just gave me that kick up the bum to think, no, you can't just be relying on one income stream. You've got to have multiple ones that you can pull on so that when one inevitably is no longer fruitful for whatever reason, it's not a big deal. You'll just lose a little bit of income and then you can can pull on some other ones.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's more apt for this year than ever before. You know, the Mm. proof that actually not everything is within our control. It's funny, isn't it? It's like work for yourself and you get to control everything. Oh wait, there's clients and the buck stops with them. I think realizing that the the control is still in your hands to an extent is really important. I, I don't say this from experience, but just from kind of speaking with clients who have had this experience, I feel like when you come from a corporate background, you're used to being quite out of um, touch almost with the way that you make money. You know, it's the same amount every single month, same day of the month. you are not really in that much control of it. So I can imagine for a lot of people when they go freelance, you, you can kind of slip into being quite complacent with it and not assuming and realizing that you do ultimately have the control of, you know, how much you're charging, when you're invoicing, how quickly people have to pay you, where you make your money. But actually, that's, I mean, it's what makes a business a business, isn't it? Is the financial aspect. And if you leave that up to other people or up to chance, you can get in some pretty sticky situations.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, being in control of or being responsible for your wage packet every month is, is scary. And that is one of the scariest parts of working for yourself. But also is also the most exciting part, because like you say, if you work in traditional employment, there's no way for you to increase your income it's generally the same until you get a pay rise or till you move somewhere else Mm -hmm. but when you're in control of your own income it's almost limitless as as you'll you'll know yourself like if you want to make more money there are ways that you can you know plan to do that yeah it's not easy but it's the potential there is so much greater than if you're if you're waiting on someone else to give you a pay rise
0: yeah. And there's so many aspects to money when you work for yourself, isn't there? You know, there's what are you choosing to charge your prices at? You know, what are you choosing in terms of how quickly you're going to invoice people, what your payment terms are, how you manage money when it comes into your business? For you at the start, was that all kind of just this, you know, I'm suddenly here, I need to learn this learning curve?
1: Yeah well my first client was like I said it was a small business and I was doing social media for them and they actually paused my services when Covid hit so that I, I lost my kind of my first ever client and they were my re- only retainer client as well so that again was like oh like now I have to look at what I'm doing again and, and try and get some more income but yeah at the beginning I just you know I did the work and then I would invoice at the end of the month and when i working with in journalism a lot of the time it's pay on publication so you don't actually get paid until your work is published which could be months after you've written the work so there's a big lag between when you do the work and when you actually see the money hit your bank account and in some industries you know as a freelancer you can't really change the way that industry works but I knew that that was putting a stress on my finances so so now yeah like you say I've completely taken control over the way I take payment and I take payment up front I mean I know a lot of people are a bit scared to do that um Mm. but I take payment up front from clients if I'm doing courses and things like that I will just give people a payment plan and I find that works really really well because it makes it easier for people but also gives me a regular income I'm not getting like a big like a big chunk of money you know four times a year it's just coming into my bank account every month which is quite nice as well
0: yeah and knowing What helps you in terms of money, I think is so important because I know that I used to think money was such a detached thing from me. You know, oh, it's just what, you know, helps me to pay my bills and keep the business going. But actually money is so connected to your emotions, to your mental health, to how you experience things. And that's definitely something I didn't expect was actually how connected, particularly I think mental health and money are Mm -hmm. and how much what you charge and the way you charge and how you treat your money and what your income's like, like you're saying, you know, how much you you get at a certain time and what that rhythm is, actually how much that can play a role in your experience of running a business. I don't know if that's been the same for you.
1: Yeah, definitely. In the beginning, I and I think this is probably true for a lot of people, I just plucked a number out of thin air for my rates. I was like, yeah, I guess that's fine. And then after a year or so, realised, you know, this isn't really you know I'm kind of struggling to hit my target every month and I'm working a lot like this doesn't really add up Um, and that's when the mental health problems started because you know having to get up early having to work late always chasing payments always looking for new clients because the clients that I had I wasn't charging enough and then just end up working more and more to try and make up this deficit mm. and yeah I guess the, the penny kind of dropped for me last year when I I can't remember who gave me the calculation but someone gave me the calculation of like start with this salary your dream salary and then take off um like six weeks assuming that you want six weeks for ho- for holidays and then work back from there assuming that you only want to work three days a week um, and I worked out a day rate from that Mm. And it was much higher than what I'd been charging before. And once I'd done that calculation that gave me two days off a week to work on like other businesses stuff, it just gave me the, the confidence because I'd actually done the cal- the very simple calculation. Yeah, I was like, okay, so that's how much I have to charge to run a business that is actually easy and comfortable and gives me the space to do the stuff that I need to do mm. and like I say the penny kind of dropped for me there and I was like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna base my prices on this day rate moving forward and that was just that was such a game changer because mm. it gave me and I would take I think you do this as well take Monday and Friday as kind of hands-off days to to not work with clients and to do other stuff like you know plan your marketing or um, like I do therapy on a Monday so it gave me a space to do the stuff that I need to do to move the business forward, but also to look after my mental health. And that's that's been a real game changer because, yeah, I've started therapy this year. It also gives me the time off to just go and do creative things, which is a mm. big thing for me. So whether that's reading a book or working on a new book or just doing a creative writing course or anything like that, that's the stuff that really keeps me feeling good even though it's not necessarily related to the business but it's taking care of my mental health and that's something that you you know as someone who left traditional work environment because it didn't support my mental health you know i i need to make sure now that my environment supports my mental health and create a a workplace in inverted commas that i wish existed in the real world
0: Mm. And it's good to acknowledge that that's got to come first from you Feel like in the early days, I was kind of waiting for someone else to help make my business work for me and be like, okay, like when, when, when's the moment where this all becomes, you know, everything that I ever wanted. And then there was definitely this realization of like, oh, I have to be the one to put the procedures and boundaries and systems and processes and plans and everything else in place that are going to get me what it is that I actually yeah. want from this. And, you know, even those tiny realizations of you can't get paid for nine to five, Monday to Friday, no matter what you do, there's going to have to be some hours. for me, like I only get paid two days a week, three days of my week minimum are spent doing stuff that I don't get income from, but mm-hmm. I have to do those things to work the two paid days a week. Mm-hmm. No one told me about that. When I, you know, looked at the, the price people were charging for coaching, I was like, I didn't get it because I didn't understand why? But like mm-hmm. you said, with pricing, when you break it down and make it quite practical, and you know, there's 20 million different ways to figure out your pricing, but if you start with that base figure of, okay, here's how much I wanna work, here's how much I wanna earn, What's my rate just off of that? You know, that's not taking into consideration actually the value of what you're giving or the industry, but even that just brings a bit more confidence to your pricing, doesn't it? Because it doesn't feel as like, hi, I'm Fee Thomas and I'm worth this amount. It's like, no, this is what I need to be making per hour to make a business that works for me and for others. Stuff. Yeah,
1: because yeah, because as a freelancer, you will get people trying to negotiate with you, negotiate you down, and having done that calculation, that yeah, like you say, it gave me the confidence so that when people said, "Can you do it any cheaper?" I'd be like, "I actually can," not because that is that's what I need to to run the business. So, you know, once or twice since then, I've I've kind of said, "Okay, I could maybe do a half day or whatever," and then um, I've always regretted it. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's another thing. That gut instinct. I mean, it's something that you grow the strength of over time but I wish at the start someone had just said like hey when you have that niggling feeling that maybe this client or this project or this way of doing things isn't right nine times out of ten that is absolutely right listen Mm. to it the second you get it because I think you get yourself in more of a mess no matter how much money or success in inverted commas that that yes brings in what you're probably sacrificing for it if you have that gut feeling is never worth it Mm.
1: and when you I think as well what I realized when I did that calculation based on like three days or two days like like you have done it actually makes your targets a lot more achievable because you're looking for fewer clients or fewer projects to work on Mm. so you actually feel like oh well maybe I only actually need you know two or three clients to make this work and that feels way more doable than (laughs) than finding maybe 10 or 15 at a lower rate
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's quality over quantity, isn't it? Mm, And just because you can do something doesn't mean you have to, or that you should as well. But like, Mm. I see a lot of people at the very start, it's that feeling of like, okay, let me list all of my skills and I can do anything for you. You you know, there's a reason why you always see people make the change to then go, okay, no, I'm going to be an expert in this space. And this is what I'm going to do. I feel like that works in favor of both you as the business and the client, because you're doing the thing you're really good at and it's clearer to them actually what they're going to hire you for.
1: Yep, and I've been there I've done that like I said I was was trying to get multiple income streams so I did lots of different things and I think in the beginning that's that's really good experience to figure out what you like to do and like you say just because you can do it doesn't mean that you should. Yeah. Um, A lot of people have paid me to run their social media and I can do it but I hate doing it,
0: <laughs> so I hard relate on that one. Fee, you're yeah. not alone. <laughs>
1: well, that's what you did in the beginning, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I did it for nine months and just thought this is living hell.
1: Mm. <laughs> I and I'm just, I, I just don't
0: again. create the best content when it's for someone
1: else. So it's it's in no one's best interest for me to do that. But uh, like, I'm a big, big fan of trying stuff and just saying like, okay i didn't like that that's fine i didn't fail at it i'm just i had to go down that path like a couple of steps just to figure out that i didn't like to do it and now i can do something else and i speak to a lot of people that when they're starting their business they're a bit scared to get started because they don't know what to do and i just i'm like that just try it please just try it because that's a great thing about working for yourself you know you've tried delivering that service and you don't want to do it anymore you can just delete it off your website it's fine like people I think people think oh are people going to be confused that I've done this and now I'm doing this like it's like no people forget easily Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've done a lot of a lot of different things um, but it's all under the umbrella of me and and my you know personal brand so yeah it's fine just give it a go and don't be afraid to make a mistake and say okay I can check that off the list I'm not doing that again
0: That fear of failure can be huge, can't it, at the start? Especially when, you know, most likely, or I definitely know from my experience, when you start out working for yourself, you've probably had to talk a few people in your life into believing that it's the right thing for you to do. Mm. So there's sometimes that feeling of, oh my gosh, you know, people are watching, I've got to prove myself. And I think that fear of failure is crippling because uh, the best things in my business have come from failure that I've then learned from. And without that learning, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, launch those things make those moves yeah. they are like not doing anything is failure but failure is always learning I know that sounds like a fridge magnet but <laughs>
1: <That's true. laughs> make a note of that next on the, mer- <laughs> the merch list Love that. um I well first of all my experience in journalism has taught me so much about failure because when you pitch a story to a magazine nine times out of ten they'll just ignore you <laughs> And if you do get a reply, it'll probably be a no. So to me, like, constantly getting rejections for pitches has just built up a thick skin for me. Um, And I actually now would much rather get a rejection than get nothing at all. Because a lot of the time people just say, oh, no, that's not for us this time, but, you know, pitch again whenever you've got an idea. And to me, that that's racking up successes because I'm like, well, I pitched. That's great. Like, I still went out and pitched. Mm. And secondly, the, the thing about you're saying about, oh, you know I have to convince people that this is the right decision for me that's why I think for freelancing side hustling is just such like a it's a no-brainer for me if you're thinking about going freelance start a side hustle and just quietly work on your business in the you know in the evenings and on the weekends don't need to tell anyone about it until you're ready to reveal it to the world and there doesn't need to be a big reveal you can just quietly get a client and work on that on the side because when I went fully freelance I didn't really tell anyone didn't make a big public declaration because I was worried that in three months I'd have to go back to waitressing so I just quietly got on with it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like that though because I think not every you know my instinct is like right how do we make a launch out of this get the confetti cannons get the Instagram stories (laughs) up like big announcement coming but I I mean at, at the start I wasn't like that and I think yeah especially in those early days almost letting yourself work quietly I love the quote of um work in silence let the success speak for itself Mm. that always motivates me because I just think okay doesn't matter don't need to be shouting about any of this until it starts shouting about itself Mm -hmm. I think that's so encouraging especially when you're at the start to just know okay you know the pressure's off. just get to figure Mm -hmm. it out and I always think like what's actually the worst case scenario you just figure out a different way of doing it the way you're doing it right now isn't the end result but you're always going to I feel like these days there's always going to be a way that you can work for yourself it's yeah just how that's on, why I always like, like
1: I would never really recommend someone to just quit their job and go freelance unless they've got unlimited financial backing um because <laughs> I, yeah, I think there's like I think there's lots of lessons to be learned from doing it on the side um and it gives you a good work ethic as well
0: mm. let's talk a little bit about burnout because I feel like that's such a a hot topic, isn't it, in working for yourself and running a business? <laughs> literally. And you mentioned when you were talking about kind of money and mental health, how I feel like part of the interaction between the two is that when you're not charging what you need to be, or maybe not in the right way, that can lead to something like burnout because, like you experience, in order to make the money you need to make, in the way that you're pricing and charging, you've got to be working all these crazy hours. I don't know a business owner that doesn't have burnout as part of their story. I hate to promote hmm. that it's this right of way, but it it seems like such a common trap. And I hate, yeah. maybe trap's the wrong word, but it just, it seems common in what we do. I think I'm
1: definitely hyper aware of it just because I suffered from it so badly when I was much younger. So when I was 26, I had a mental breakdown when I was working in my previous career in hospitality. And I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety and I was off work for a year, couldn't go back to my management job. I just had to get get a basically low stress job as a waitress, gave up like my, like, you know, the best job I ever had. And that was a result of undiagnosed burnout. I didn't even know that burnout was a thing because that was like, what, I'm 33 now. So what's that? Seven years ago, Math is <laughs> terrible. Nobody was really talking about burnout back then. So I didn't know that it was a thing so that went undiagnosed for months and months and turned into something much more serious mm. so I think I've always and it is a sliding scale burnout like it just like slowly slowly becomes more serious and you can you know you can kind of nip it in the bud if you see it you see the triggers coming um so I'm definitely really aware of it and for me it manifests very physically um like I said I've, you know I've been getting treated for back pain because I've I've got I've had back pain since I was 17 but it's flared up recently and that's a sign for me that's a red flag Mm. and my muscles ache from head to toe my brain like can't really switch off so I find it really hard to go to sleep at night even though I'm absolutely exhausted and I've had to stop drinking coffee which you would think oh you're tired drink more coffee but it just makes me it makes me wired but it doesn't actually wake me up
0: Yes. Yeah, it just kind of sends your brain to overdrive.
1: Yeah. So I've, yeah, I also gave up booze this year. So I've like properly prioritized
0: (laughs) my mental health. There's no fun left in the world. I did see your post about sobriety. It was, I, whenever I see anyone doing it, I just think, oh my gosh, good for you. Not not for me just yet, but I'm always Mm. like, I really respect
1: that. Well, well, my issue is when I was diagnosed with depression, when I was 26, I accepted the diagnosis and I took the medication, but I continued to binge drink to really cope with my emotions, basically. And Mm. it wasn't working. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Alcohol um, is not the
0: answer to emotional Yeah, so I
1: was literally medically advised, you need to stop drinking. So I was teetotal for about a year, and that was like that it was like day and night it was such a big had such a big impact on my mental health so Mm. I just wanted to kind of reset and do that again so I guess it's like an issue of really knowing yourself and knowing your your triggers and it changes year on year it changes as you get older like the things that, that that really trigger burnout and definitely I'm finding that mine's probably linked to this need to be successful the need to be an overachiever and all that kind of thing which is really difficult because as a business owner like that's that's the thing that's the drive that gets you all the things that you want in life Mm. but how do you turn that off
0: I don't think you do Alice (laughs) tell me give me the answers (laughs) But coming from the person over here who was couldn't go to bed until about 2am last night just the classic tossing and turning brains just on another level in terms of ideas and thoughts and let's process this and now here's a great time to think about that new idea Mm. that's definitely not I mean I don't actually know any difference I can't it feels like a fantasy land to me to have a job Mm. where there is an element of being able to switch off but I think what you said there about knowing yourself is so apt I know that the first time I burnt out I had no clue that I'd burnt out until I had because I didn't know any of my warning signs. Whereas now it's it's even before the warning signs come, I know the triggers. So when the triggers start happening, I'm like, okay, the warning signs are about to come. And then you get the warning signs and you're like, okay. Hmm. And then you kind of get to know what, it's, what helps you, but it's an ongoing, I don't wanna say struggle, but it's an ongoing balance to keep. And balance is even the wrong word because balance you know it doesn't think it really exist when you work for yourself, but mm. I've not found burnout to be a okay, yep, I've solved that problem, hired that coach to help me with it. I'm done thing. It's an ongoing, you know, let's check in with myself. Mm. And I, I quite like to compare it to, I don't know if you've heard the fact of frogs, if you put them in boiling water, they jump out. But if you put mm. them in cold water and slowly heat it up, they'll stay in it and then boil. And I feel like that's what burnout feels like to me, where It's just slowly, slowly, slowly rising, you know, the pressure, the expectation, the anxiety, whatever it may be. And you sometimes don't realize until you're boiling and dying and you're this dead frog Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh crap, what do I do about it? And looking back, you can think, oh, it's so silly. I didn't realize that at the time. But when you're in it, it's so hard, especially when there's not that manager to go, hey, maybe you need to just take a second or chill out. And
1: especially when for a lot of business owners, it's, it's during a really exciting time so they're excited mm. and they're happy about what they're doing and they're really driven um but they don't realize it's having yeah this negative impact in the book um i do there's there's a big chapter on how to take time off and i give some tips on how to take emergency time off as in like okay like this at this exact moment i've realized that i can't i can't go to work for the next few days um so i've got some tips in there about like kind of making friends with other freelancers so that you know if worst comes to worst you can actually like outsource your work or you can you pass your work on to someone else for a while also just having like kind of templates set up so that you if you need to take emergency time off you don't need to think oh you know when your brain just won't even string a sentence together so have some templates there that you can email to your clients and say hey just to let you know I'm going to take a couple of days off just for my health so there's a few tips in the books for that and then also long term like You know, it sounds obvious, but actually plan holidays throughout the year. It's so easy to just forget to plan time off when you're self-employed. And the multiple income streams is great for that. Um, And this year has been great for me because I started teaching courses. So I've kind of plotted out my year where I do like three or four courses a year. And that means that I've got, like I say, money coming in from people's payment plans even when I'm not working, which is the dream as a self-employed person to have, it's not passive income, but to have your money kind of coming in in drips and drabs is just really helpful for me. It means now that I can actually plan financially and I know in the next few months, this is what's coming in. You're not constantly chasing new work every month.
0: Yes. When there's a plan in place, the kind of, you know, the every week or every month stress of where's the next chunk of money going to come from? Or, oh, I need a break, but I can't because I haven't planned for it that gets taken away and i think mm. i i know for about the first two years i was a bit of a victim of my own business and thinking like oh i just can't take time off it's just so busy it's just rah, rah. and then i had a moment of like Alice like no one's going to no one's going to do it for you no one is going to you know force you to take a holiday and you don't want to keep waiting for burnout to make you do that because no one likes a burnout induced break it's hardly a mm-hmm. you know trip to the beach
1: i think it's really easy to to fall into that narrative of oh I'm self-employed I can't take time off it's like yeah like that like we all like to be the martyr now and again yeah but how nice would it feel to be like yeah I'm taking two weeks off because
0: I am self-employed yeah it's like a competition sometimes isn't it when you know you're oh, space, yeah. someone like yeah yeah I'm really tired and they're like I've not slept for two weeks <laughs> You're like, yeah like oh yeah I'm going on my you know I'm going on holiday and they're like well I've not been you know I've been working straight for two years and you're like How is it a competition? And Mm -hmm. I say that knowing that probably me this time last year was a bit proud of the fact that I never really took time off. And then me this year was like, get the frick over yourself. Your business is better when you are rested. None of us get awards for being overworked and you're Mm -hmm. your best self for your clients when you come from a place of rest. But you've got to know that no one's going to, you know, no one gives you a 28 days holiday to book in on your little HR system. Mm. You've got to say, I am taking this time off. And then I'd imagine there's loads in the book of like the practicality of that, because that's definitely yes. something no one tells you about because you don't get paid for time off. You have to figure exactly. out how that's going to work.
1: Yeah. And I think Jo from Madden and Sad Club, who you've had on a couple of times, she's a big advocate for fighting against this you know exchanging your time for money and getting away from this hourly rate and the day rate kind of culture which I think is really helpful because yeah it kind of feeds into this idea that I exchange my time for money so if I'm not working in this time then I'm not going to get any money so kind of reframing that to set your prices around the value that you provide people and I think that's that's great because that means that you're charging more or you know so that when you're off you're, you've still got money coming in
0: yes pricing is so much more than like here's the amount i would like to make there it goes because mm-hmm. there's yeah there's so much to it and tax no one tells you about that i didn't realize that you know 20 percent minimum of everything you earn <laughs> no longer yours goodbye yeah
1: and pension
0: um oh, yeah like your it. things like your
1: healthcare. yeah holiday investing in yourself like for equipment
0: investing in your your own training
1: yeah, it goes on and on and on. Mm.
0: So basically, conclusion of the conversation starter, nobody tells you anything when you start out, but <laughs> it's amazing the spaces we're in, the books people are writing, Hello Out of Office on October 1st, the podcast people are creating, the communities that exist, like they exist to try and bridge that gap between, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I don't know anything. How do I do it?
1: Well, the, I wanted the, the sentiment of the book to be... If I can go freelance, anyone can, mm-hmm. because I didn't set out for this life. This isn't. <laughs> I didn't lie in bed as a 15 year old and think, really want to have my own business like that. I was like, absolutely not. Why would I want that? That sounds so terrifying and so stressful. I talk a lot in the book as well about how a lot of self-employed people didn't choose this life. We just felt backed into a corner by the traditional nine to five. Or, you know, you know, I spoke to people with chronic illness who said it's the only way that they can earn money. People with mental illness who say it's the only way they can get flexibility. You know, people with families who say it's the only way that we can logistically do it without having to pay for loads of childcare. Yeah, like I said, I didn't set out to do this. I'm not the most, you know, experienced freelancer that's ever written a book. It's just my experience and I'm willing to say that I've made mistakes and I think that's fine. Mm.
0: I think that's what makes you human and relatable. If you're sat there going, yeah, yeah. I've got all the answers, I'd be like suspicious. I'm like, there are no answers. How has she got them? Where Where are they? Fill yeah. me in. And
1: a lot of the learning for freelancing is on the job. Yeah. You've just got to be prepared to say, you know, every year I will grow. Every year I'll learn something new.
0: Mm. It's kind of part of the fun, I think
1: yeah if like that <laughs> having a problem and thinking well I'm gonna have to solve this mm.
0: yeah it depends you know if, if it's a nice easy satisfying solve I'm like fantastic I love that this business is me if it's an annoying one I'm like where's my uh, IT department where's yeah. my... <laughs> who wants to troubleshoot this for me then <laughs> that should definitely be something you can hire anyway should we head on to some confessions Perfect. okay let's do it i haven't actually got a specific confession for us this week because there are about 15 which were all the exact same one so i thought i would oh. just share that and then if you have any like typical freelancing confessions sneaky things that you've done or heard about you can share those but one that came up loads which cracked me up i personally never done it i think that's because people would know that i was lying but i guess if you're not if you don't show everything on Instagram stories and people don't know everything, tons of people said that if they maybe forgot to reply to an email or did something wrong, sent the wrong invoice to someone, they blame it on their non-existent virtual assistant (laughs) and go like, oh, like Jane, she's at it again. Like, so sorry. Like she's new. She's just trying to figure it out. Like, oh, I'll pick up her slack. And I just thought that's actually brilliant because-
1: That's so funny that a lot of people have done that. Yeah,
0: it was the most common one that came up it was that one and then the confession we did last week which is people putting wank attacks on their prices for people that they don't want to work with (laughs) those (laughs) were the two big ones so I thought I'd I'd take us to the next one today that's amazing
1: I've worked with some clients who I can tell that they've faked having an assistant because it's never ever 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 came up this assistant has never
0: come up until I'm chasing a late payment see now you're you're on the other side of these confessions yeah. i love it okay so tip if people are using this you need to sow the seeds of your non-existent virtual assistant
1: maybe make them excuse. a fake instagram account wow <laughs> definitely get them their own email specific email address i love
0: that definitely name them name them like the name of someone you don't really like maybe mm-hmm. like an ex-friend that you're not the biggest fan of and then you can just forever make blame. sure their
1: gmail account's got like a wee image not just an icon <laughs>
0: All of the it. I mean, we could be here all
1: day. We- think up a think up a backstory. Why have they come to work for you? Did they have something bad in their past that now oh. this is the reason why they're actually quite distracted at
0: work yes maybe, maybe they've got, they've some got a difficult lives. home life oh, <laughs> if in doubt be tough home life you the thing is <laughs> yeah. you can't argue with someone when they say that can you it's an ultimate exactly. get out of jail free card oh, sorry
1: Jane's home just stuff. Jane's going through a divorce at the moment and it's really really grisly
0: And <laughs> just feel like you know I'm, it's not a good time to let her go like I really want to keep supporting her so you know sorry if she does a few things wrong <laughs> yeah slash that's me. my advice I love that I'm I'm glad that you were on board with the lying you just said hey let's make this more strategic
1: you gotta do what you gotta do in these situations I also think if you make a mistake like I do write about this in the book the best thing to do is to own up to it yes and, uh, just say over the phone as well if you can over the phone or over a zoom call just like you know do damage control and just say I'm so sorry it was 100% my fault like I'm a, I'm a big proponent of like like over apologizing for stuff mm-hmm. even if it doesn't seem like a big deal just over apologize um to make make sure people know that you really care
0: yeah any kind of you know the lie of like it was my virtual system that doesn't exist that doesn't get you in hot water but any lie of like oh no, I actually did do that. Or here's Mm -hmm. the excuse that doesn't exist. Just, it's like anything, isn't it? Always comes out in the end. So just be upfront, just be like, hey, I didn't do that. I'm so sorry. Here's Mm -hmm. how I'm going to make sure that never happens again. And then, you know, you build a a good relationship with your clients. And if you're working with someone who can't deal with you making mistakes, they are not someone you want to be working with. Yeah.
1: I also like, on the honesty thing, like I always think it's a great asset for you to be honest about your mental health with your clients as well. I don't think it shows any weakness. I think it invites them to be honest about their mental health as well. Mm. So, yeah, if you're struggling or whatever, I think it's always a really good idea just to say to them, um, especially if they ask how you are, just be honest and say, I'm actually really struggling just now, but I'm going to make sure your work's a priority or, Mm. you know, could if you ask for an extension, nine times out of ten people say yes. Yeah. We, We were supposed to record this last week. And you canceled. And I was like, yes. yes.
0: Which i was going to say, like, I'm so not a canceller, but I just knew I was like, Fee is going to get it. This is an insane week. And when you explain someone why, and you just say like, hey, things are really crazy. I'm going to be in a much better headspace to record this next week. It makes no difference mm-hmm. to when it comes out. How is that? Like everyone wins. And nine times out of 10, when people cancel on me, I'm like, yes. Thank you very much. Free Appreciate that. <laughs> Get a bit of space. Absolutely. Fee, thank you so much for joining me. This has gone so quick. What is this? Thanks nice nice And
1: thank you so much for being part of the book as well yeah I think you're the most quoted person in the book because some people I just quoted like a line you had to have like big chunks of the page like in italics like fully like in all your glory because you just gave so many good gems about digital marketing for freelancers and I felt like I kind of got a free session as well which was great
0: (laughs) always the way oh that's so kind no I was flicking through it and I kept like I, I think there's there's a good few and I just kept seeing them I was like I'm get okay yes she is it I was think there's so about four and also there's a list
1: of like how to get motivated and one of them is take a cold shower because this is what Alice Benham
0: does yes cold showers <laughs> for the wind no it's yeah. an absolute honor and I, I'm speaking about it as if it's my book but I just I hadn't really processed the fact that it would be my words and my name in a book and when it came to my letterbox last week I was just a bit like I'm so emotional like, that's why i can't imagine how it feels to have a book because i'm freaking out over probably the equivalent of half a page's worth of words so i hope you're proud it's it's brilliant and it's out october 1st right
1: october 1st yeah so yeah it's available
0: everywhere (laughs) all of the good places that's what people say isn't it the the liner well it will have come out good bookshops when this comes out so hopefully people have either already got their hands on it or they can go and grab it. I've put it on pre-order for loads of friends who I'm trying to like force to start businesses. And they keep using all these excuses that they don't know anything. And I'm like, you read this book, then you have no excuse. Great.
1: That's start such a nice business. idea
0: to give it to a friend, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's such a gift. I wish I had it. I'm a bit butthurt. I'm like, I don't want people to have this. Like you have to figure it out like <laughs> I did. But no, <laughs> it's good to share. It's a great book.